Welcome back to another episode of See Me, Me After, After Class. Class. I'm Mr. L. Uh, mm, what? I'm Miss S. Was not ready for that very baritone level. Miss S, I want you and the rest of our audience to hear this very okay. clearly. Worry about the things you can control. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Thank you for the... Okay. Okay. Worry about the, you know what? Worry about the things you can control in your classroom and not anybody else's. Absolutely. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> you know what? I didn't go there. I'm glad you did. Vulnerability advice. From, You're welcome. From Take our it. mouths to their ears. <laughs> to the ears of babes. <laughs> Speaking of, Miss S, this podcast is for teachers. Yeah, in case they, you <laughs> forgot or me. It leans more towards middle and high school teachers. However, we do not forget about our elementary school teachers because they won't let us. As, you know, hold us accountable. Do it. <laughs> Miss S, just going back to, you know, I had to make that revelation <laughs> earlier this in the past couple of weeks. I, <laughs> the only thing I can control is what's happening in my classroom and not anyone else's. So I'm not going to worry about that. Exactly. <laughs> And I think a lot of teachers need to affirm that within themselves, maybe talk about it, maybe say it out loud so it becomes reality, question mark? Speak it into existence. I mean, speaking of speaking things into existence, we do a lot of things. We sure do. And honestly, honestly, <laughs> there are not, there's not enough time in the day for me to do all those things. Sometimes I think I planned it out to where I will have enough time and I don't. <laughs> With all of those things, there is still things that we aren't and don't do. Shocking. <laughs> Our famous disclaimer. We are not. Oof. Umpires. <gasps> I think I could do it. <laughs> Maybe. So... Again, love you, love everything about you. Your stature, your... You're right. I'd make yeah. calls and they'd be like, did you even see that? I'd be like, so honestly, no, I did not. Did not see it, that it, at all. It zoomed right over your head. <laughs> Didn't see that. Um, we're also not water slide testers. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. I think so until you get like the big scary ones. Like it'd be fun for the little twirly ones, but the big ones, I'd be like, oh, wait, no, hold on. I'm testing to see if people aren't going to die because I don't want to do that. So <laughs> have someone else test it. Wow. <laughs> Miss S, we are also not referees. Aw. I've done would, it before. I'm not would, good at it. Would you be fair? No, that's why I'm not uh, good yeah, at it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. I'm not good at that. Um, we're also not personal home chefs. Like for but, hire. Because in reality, I guess you could call yourself that because you're cooking at home, but like for other people. You know what? Listen, I could get a personal Oh, I could not. I'm going to be on. Oh, I would love to get one. I thought you were yes, going to say I could get be one. one. No, 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 I could not be one. It would be literally cereal and like oatmeal for every meal. <laughs> we, <laughs> it's a good one, Miss That's a good one. We are also not custodians, librarians, nurses. Principals secretaries, uh, anybody else that exists in a school building. Sorry, not us. There was one you brought up that I was, we are also not PEMS clerks. Those Ooh. ladies and or gentlemen are very important. So important. Oh, I forgot. How could we forget? 
We are teachers in the classroom, physically teaching students to the best of our ability. <laughs> yes, the best of our ability. Speaking of today's topic, Ms. S. Oh, I'm ready. Going in <laughs> blind. <laughs> Going in blind. The favorite teacher. Oh, okay. Do you put stock into being the favorite teacher? Question mark. With how many years I have now? Absolutely not. My goal is to not be that. But I will be vulnerable and say my first year, I think that that was a dance I was trying to do of like, ah, that, I don't that's, know. That's the place I wanted us to go. That's where I wanted you to go. Yes, and. It's a yes, and. I'm going to piggyback off of what you said. Okay. I, too, did put stock, a lot of it, actually, into being the favorite because... Do you think it was affirming, question mark, validating, question mark? Oh, duh. And then I think it's funny because you ask me these questions now with all of the years that I have. And I'm like, why would all I want the affirmation of a 12-year-old? But then I remember being a first-year teacher. Like, and being like, I just really need them to like me. Like, oh, my God, this so is going to make I, everything and, but so I think, easy. I think it really is something that teachers kind of think about. But again, yet is another... Ooh, like it's taboo. Like you're not yeah. supposed to, you're not supposed to talk about it or you're not supposed to think about those kinds of things. But it generally speaking, there are some, even veterans, even new teachers, what, whatever number of years want to be the favorite. Yeah. I think there's value in that. For the sake of not trying not to be redundant. My, the next question I was supposed to ask is, do you think others strive even covet being the favorite teacher? Um, I mean, absolutely right. Because that's kind of a subjective question. It's based off of who they are as a person, who you are right. as a person. Right. And I think that we've all worked in a building where, I mean, I've worked in buildings where I've heard it like verbalized in the sense of like, I'm just trying to be their favorite. Like I'm really yep. just trying to like, I want to be their friend. I want to mentor them in that way. Um, and I think that, and I've heard that from non-vet, I mean, non-first year teachers where right. they're yes. veteran yes. teachers. And for me, I kind of have like a pause moment of like, Ooh, understand <laughs> where you're coming from. Uh, I definitely see it. Yes. And right. Like there's a way to do that without trying to befriend 13 year olds. Yes. Because at the end of the yes. day, like they are 13, like their brains they're in the children. front are like yes. applesauce. Like they don't have a frontal lobe. <laughs> they're just kids is probably the simplest solution. So this episode, we're going to be talking about both sides of the coin, mm. where maybe perhaps the methodologies to become the favorite teacher, maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. And the next side of the coin would be why being the favorite, favorite isn't where your mind should be. Yeah. Okay. First point. First point side of the coin is becoming the favorite teacher. Maybe. In our humble opinions, let me pause. I'm going to pause myself. Th there's probably going to be a whole bunch of ways that you think you could become the favorite. And there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of ways to not be the favorite and have a different kind of mindset. This is in our humble opinions. Correct. First point in maybe possibly becoming the favorite teacher, teach with clear expectations. Mm. What? What what do you I I'm I'm seeing and I'm sensing and I'm hearing <laughs> some trepidation. T tell me about it, Ms. S. Um, I think I just need clarification. Are you saying that if I teach with expect clear expectations, I will become the favorite? Or my push is that if you teach with clear expectations, you're just a good teacher. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay. This is this is why I put in in 
parentheses, maybe. Because <laughs> literally, I was reading a whole bunch of articles on if you have clear expectations, literally just having clear expectations could possibly make you the favorite teacher. Which, you know what, and I think that maybe I'm, this is on me, right? Maybe I'm viewing being the favorite as like, oh, you have zero classroom management. You have zero okay. expectations of the kids. Like they're doing whatever they want. And that's not 100% true because I have seen teachers that are the favorite with like, they are running a tight ship and like military these kids are working. Military. So you know what? That's on me. I'm going to own that. I'm going to take back my response because it was a little petty. And I'm going to say <laughs> that clear expectations would be effective to be the favorite teacher because students, adults, like humans in general, when they walk in, they know exactly what you're expecting of them, meaning they don't feel like they're going to get attacked of like, gotcha, like you didn't do it right. Honestly, I'm so proud that you are introspectively reflecting on the episode. <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> in the moment. <coughs> Excuse me. Miss S, teaching with clear expectations could... Make the students feel safe in a room where there is consistency. Yes. And you really kind of touched on that in that the kids, when they come into your classroom, they know what to do. They know how to do it. They know what happens when they don't do it. And, and that's consistent. And I've been an advocate for students, kids, children, however you call them, small human beings, love structure. They just mm -hmm. don't say it out loud. And sometimes they love it to where they'll voice that this place sucks. Like, I hate that yep. this is it. But in reality, like subconsciously, when they walk in, they understand like, this is how I'm supposed to act, look, like I get it. Like I know what the expectation, there is no like ambiguity of like, well, you never stated this, or yep. I didn't know that that was a yep. thing. Even though they will say that, like you never told me I couldn't have my phone. When in reality, it's like, ooh, from day one, we've definitely said that you're just obviously testing boundaries because they're children. Routines behavior management, behavior expectations, and work expectations, Ms. S, work mm -hmm. expectations. I remember in an episode, and we kind of, oh, wow, we've done a lot of episodes because I was like, we've done an episode on building consistency. Yep. We did an episode on classroom management. I feel like we've and done I that a lot. In that, with work expectations, I'm sorry, you had mentioned about four check marks and each check mark is 25 points. And yep. like, guess what? Choices if you only get two check, mark, check marks for the day. You walked out knowing you got a 50. Hey, there's no, there's no confusion on that. But see, that in it of itself is a clear expectations and that's what the students want. Mm -hmm. Hey, and I hate to repeat you because get out of my head in dreams, but when they know, hey, this is what's expected of me and you know what? I chose unwisely today. I'm going to get a 25 because I only got one check mark. Mm -hmm. They love it. They live for it. No, they li uh, stop it. I was going to say <gasps> live for it. We're the same person. <laughs> also, Miss S, teaching with clear expectations could possibly make you the, the favorite teacher. Structure. Yeah. Classroom. Ooh. Classroom agreements. Ooh, like a charter? Yes. Have you ever done a charter, Mrs.? Yeah, I sure did. I do them every year. <laughs> Wait. I do them every year. Are you actually doing them or are you just telling me you're doing them? No, I do them. They're up in the I one year I did it super cute where the charter was this is when I taught lower middle school, so sixth grade. Uh, the charter was like a sun and then the strip of the rays were their names, like as they signed it, and we hang them hung them up on our <sighs> class. Listen. 
I love that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And now thinking of it now in my high school lens, I'm like, oh my God, my kids would laugh at me. I was like, look, we're the sun. They'd be like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I think so. I think they'd be like, first off, it's crooked. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, miss, you know what? Move. Let me just do it for you. Miss, let me just go sit down. <laughs> but no, yeah. Classroom charters and like behavior expectations where it's like everybody has an input in that. I could see that that's a way kids feel like, oh, it wasn't just rules you created. You let us create them. We respect that and like appreciate you more for that. Therefore being possibly the favorite teacher. Possibly. Exactly. Miss S., Perhaps another way, maybe, I don't know, from becoming a favorite teacher, being a teacher that teaches. Who knew? What? That's crazy. <laughs> Ms. Sasa, are you a teacher that teaches? Absolutely. <laughs> so much so that sometimes these kids walk in and they're like, what? We're doing this again? You ready for this one, Ms. Sasa? <clears throat> At the end of the year, what will students say about you? About me? <laughs> yes, about you. Oh, I can tell you automatically because I ask, we do interviews every year at the end of the year. And it's been very consistent that I am like, I've, I quote, tell me, Miss S is about it. She is for <laughs> sure going to call you out, but she also for sure has your back. It's usually like the consistent answer that I've gotten. Two things. One, I love that you get student feedback, feed forward, excuse me. Always. And second, I love that they literally say what you say back to you. Oh, yeah. About it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm about it. Let's do it. And they know that that's the case. So, again, I am a forever. We are, we are forever learners. I've taken that from you and given it to my lower middle school kids. Aww. And they tell each other, Miss S, in other classrooms, why aren't you being about it? <laughs> <laughs> They tell each other, other teachers have, have informed me, divulged, if you will, that they'll be working collaborative partners, whatever. And they'll say, oh, come on. So come on, Bobby. I forgot. Oh, about Bobby. Bobby. Here we go. I forgot Bobby. about Bobby. Come on, Bobby. You're not being about it. What would Mr. L say? And Bobby goes, oh, you're right. And let me be about it. <laughs> I'm taking over the world. <laughs> Miss S, being a teacher that teaches... Could possibly make you the favorite teacher. I don't know. Have passion for your craft because that passion is contagious oh, through yeah. your students. Question mark. I mean, you've, I think everybody can see that. There's always, because I think a lot of students have apprehension when it comes to math. Like it's just a natural inherent, like Thank I'm not you. good at it. Thank you. I don't want to do this. They maybe have never passed state exams for it. And every, I've seen it. I've experienced it because I was always a child that did not like math. And I had one teacher one year that was just so eccentric and like so into math that it was beyond just being nerdy. Like they were just so crazy into it that when we walked in, we were also like crazy into it, not knowing what we were doing half the time, but still willing to try. Was and it that, me? Oh my gosh, you're that old. You were my high school teacher. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. No, let's clarify. We're not that. The gap, the age gap is not that obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I 100% agree, especially with those subjects where it is heavy and dense. And like, as you kind of go up in levels, they become like AP classes or things where they right, are right. a bit more 
when the teacher is just like bought in and it's authentic. Again, we've talked about that in other episodes. Like you don't want to hear this and be like, all right, on Monday, I'm going in and I'm going to be singing about decimals, but you've never done that before. Kids are going to read through that so quick and be like, so this place still sucks. Like they're still going (laughs) to see that. And I think that that's just so important for teachers kind of to admit to themselves that if you're not really passionate about your craft, not having passion is also contagious. Absolutely. And I think even I can own, I, I love teaching English. I love teaching AP world history, uh, but there were sections of each subject that I taught where I was like, God, here comes this unit where it's just like, I hate this unit. Like I, I can't stand this unit. But I never, I had to be very intentional of like, okay, we're about to talk about this unit for literally 14 days. Like I have to push and like buy in myself because there have been times where I execute that unit and I would literally frame it my first year of like, yeah, this is going to be really like, you can't frame it like this is going to suck guys. Let's be a team because then they're going to be like, <laughs> what? This sucks? And, <laughs> and be out of it. And then there goes your behavior. There goes all the other stuff. But I think it's okay to acknowledge that like you can love your craft and hate pieces of it or struggle with pieces of it where you're like, oh, this is just so dense or I hate the way the state's like asking it. I have to teach it a certain way. Like it's okay to own it and be like, yeah, you know what? There are units that I do not like. I love what I do, but there are units that I have to execute that are a little bit difficult. I think that's something I want to like name because I don't want people, especially first years to be like, right oh, well, I, I can't hate parts of what I'm doing. Like, you're a human. You have the right to dislike pieces of yes. what you do occasionally, even if it's a unit you love. But um, it's just like how you deliver it, whether that is excited or miserable, is exactly how kids are going to take it. Even if you're trying your best, it's like, oh, I didn't say I hated it. Right, but your body language, the worksheet, like whatever you gave them, they're internalizing as like, oh, like this does suck. Like, I don't want to do this. And that's the episode. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you know what? Period. Next topic. You know I, I, moving on. I, I'm, to that's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's all. Period. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps, Ms. S, you can create, <laughs> work on, and reach goals with your students And as a teacher, as a teaching professional, do all three of those things. And at the end of the year, that rapport, that bond will definitely be there. Yeah. If you do it the right way. Correct. Executed correctly. A long game. It's a long game. So like I said, audience, listeners, family, how how are you? Hey, how are you? (laughs) Whatever she said, go back. What was it? Five minutes of talking and just listen to it and then just end it there. And then just, yeah, wrap it up. Go ahead and take your headphones out. Go back to work. (laughs) So the last point in maybe possibly becoming the favorite teacher. Be positive and genuinely happy. And I think that I I live that every single day. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to be honest and be like, maybe I don't. Um, I've told. Yeah, go for it. I'm sorry. I've told my students. 99.9% 99.9% of the time, I'm, a, I'm happy, I'm passionate, I'm positive. It's that 0.1%, and because I'm a math teacher, 0.1% of anger, frustration, uh, sadness, you know, all the, all the wonderful, beautiful spectrum of human emotions. Most of the time, I'm a happy person. And I think 
when you have my first point, a growth mindset in the classroom, it really separates you from maybe teachers who might not have a growth mindset. Question mark? Correct. <laughs> Do you have a growth mindset, Mrs.? Yeah. Did I have it my first year? Maybe. Did I lean into it? No. Um, now I do. Now I don't view my like failures in the sense of like that lesson went to crap or data looks terrible or that unit test was not what I thought as just, I'm a Just failure. burn it. Just set it on fire. Yeah. Now I see it as like, cool, awesome. We have data to like pivot versus how I did see it before because then I would see the negative things and that would then show up in front of kids. I would be right. upset. I'd be like, last last period did terrible on this test, right? Like, don't uh. do like. And I've heard it. And even as veteran teachers, you might still fall into that little pitfall of like, when I'm looking at data so far, right, like this is how it's going. Like, don't do like you're putting students you're, who were you're probably, not doing all the work. Yeah. So this is what's happening. And it's like I get it. And it's like naming that you have the right to feel that right. Emotions are fleeting and temporary and you will feel something different in the next 20 seconds. But yep, it's the idea that like being authentic and like it's okay to name like, hey, guys, like as I'm looking through this test, right, like I'm noticing we're making some common errors, name the error and then let them like move on. Right. Like use that as something else. Um, I just think it's like a growth mindset that some people naturally have versus yes. like myself. I had to, it's a, I had to teach myself that I was, I was a very fixed mindset of like people have talents and some people don't, and it's right. not yes. something you can gain. And I think that my years of like work in the education field, as well as like going through masters and like going through all sorts of other things as an adult, you're just kind of like, no, wait a minute. Like, no, like you can get these things. Yes. Like these are skills that are attainable regard, like outside of just content, like social emotional skills and like these things introspective hard work is an actual thing <laughs> yeah and so i think that um especially first year teachers right like that might be a natural thing of like yeah we but then i i've also seen it where first year teachers start with a growth mindset and then it's like the heaviness it, of the work yep like gnaws away at it and it becomes very much like this is it like i've peaked this is me as a teacher type of thing and i think again Pause the episode here and just stop listening because Miss <laughs> S is literally on fire this episode. Honestly, some... <laughs> hello. And the last point in be positive and genuinely happy is because Miss S just literally said it all is genuinely, genuinely smile and laugh. Have fun. It's okay. And what I mean by that is laugh at yourself. I laugh at myself all the time. There are a lot of times where I spell shul and not, <laughs> sc not school. <laughs> There's a lot of times I do that or I would be like talking about a specific part of the world and the students would be like, you do realize that that's like not Asia. And I'd be like, what? Where have I been? And they're like, yeah, that's like Europe. And I'm like laughing. Like, oh my gosh. So... <laughs> Miss S, her her neurons aren't firing as fast. She's gonna she's gonna get it together. She's gonna get it together. Oh yeah, I would do that all the time. I'd be like, so my coffee was a little late coming to me. So we're gonna wake it up together. It's on me. <laughs> all right. So I wanted to end that there, becoming the favorite teacher, perhaps maybe, and start with a question, Miss S. Okay. Is being the favorite an indication of your worth? I'm literally no. asking you. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I think with my next question for the universe, for the teachers, audience, hello, 
Does not being the favorite sting? I think it depends who you ask, right? Like if you're asking me, the answer is still no. <laughs> so <clears throat> perhaps I wasn't as clear. I'm throwing it out to the universe. It, oh, okay. Maybe got it, it was it, a, it was a rhetorical question. Got it. Maybe got it. That's, got it. That's my bad. At first, yes, not being the favorite stung. My first one or two years, it stung. Why don't you like me? I'm I'm the fun one, aren't mm. I? And I know it's not a word. Aren't I funner than other teachers? Huh. Aren't, aren't <laughs> don't you like when I ask you what you want to do in the, <laughs> in the when class? I ask you what would you like to learn today? What I challenge teachers with is how to not have the kind of I need to be the favorite teacher mindset is to reflect, introspectively reflect as a professional. Students need to learn not like you. Exactly. There are going to be, first, there are what, seven billion, almost eight people on the planet. Not everyone is going to like you. Most people will not like you. And you know who I'm really telling, Ms. S? I'm telling myself. Aww. <laughs> but you know what? Someone like me, which is why I think we, we're, we're kindred spirits, is there. it took me a few years to not get really stung when mm. students were comfortable enough expressing, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. L, so-and-so is my favorite teacher. And it wasn't me. Ooh. Oh, 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 uh, that, that's, that's so great. Yes, he or she is a wonderful teacher. When really I'm thinking, why not me? Oh, <laughs> never had that, but I understand that. <laughs> Miss S, yes. Let's look at, okay, well then, what do you think? I've never. Oh, Miss S, Miss S. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> passion, passion. That was me yelling, sorry. I've never, um, <clears throat> never wanted that. I think one year it was mentioned that like, oh, Miss S's class is like so fun. Like she, and I was like, what? It's fun? What? Because <laughs> I took it as. I must be having like the least amount of expectations for students. Like I was just taking right. it in a mindset of like, is my class a mess? Like, is this just a free for all? Like, what do you mean yes. it's fun? Yes. Because I think a lot of times we hear in education, oh, that class is fun means that it is like, you you know what I'm, like, you, we all have yes. a class where we can walk by and you can just hear it. And they're like, it's so fun in here. And I'm like, oh my, my gosh. gosh, like what? <laughs> um. I never wanted to be the favorite teacher. I still to this day don't want to be the favorite teacher. And I still somehow manage to like have kids that are be like, the favorite I, teacher. Yeah, like confide in me. And I have really good relationships with my students. Right. It's yes. not like I'm sitting here and I'm like unapproachable to them, especially because I found my sweet spot with high school. I really adore 10th grade. Like that is my sweet spot. <laughs> Uh, um, you're not uh, you're not maleficent where you call your students beasts. No, yeah, <laughs> I I love my my kiddos and they know that, but they also know like I'm about it, right? Like I'm not right. one yes. to waste our time in a classroom of like, what do you think we should do today, right? Like it's very much this is what we're doing. Hey, I'm not asking, was was that a read a on me? Was that a read on me? <laughs> I'm not asking you how you feel about it. Like this is what we need to do. When we are done, we can reflect on it later. But. I've never had the desire to be the favorite, but I also think that's just my personality. I have known from a very young age, my personality is very much like assertive, love it or hate it. There's no in between. Yep. And when I leaned into my professional identity, 
I also knew there's a love it or hate it, like regardless of how it comes off. Um, I'm a very respectful person to my colleagues and my kids. Like, yes, you know yes. that I, I am a, a I'm very yeah, professional. I create a line on first day of very clear because I am very petite and small. Like I do look like a student and I feel like students look at that and they're like, ah, relatable. She's going to get it. We're friends. And I make it very clear of like, we are not friends. I am not here to be your friend. I am a grown adult. You are a child. No, absolutely not. Get it out your head because it's not happening. <laughs> and so I don't know. I've never, I've never wanted to be. Have I been for some odd reason? Yes. yes. And I think that I've had colleagues say it's because I provide a lot of structure and high expectations and love that a lot of my students just don't get at home right? because they have maybe parents or guardians who are trying to play the friend card with them. And a lot of right. students, we have to remember a lot of like kids do need tough love sometimes. And right. like that yes. no nonsense nurturing of like, I love you. That's <laughs> why I'm going to hold you accountable. And you are going to come make this test up because you gave me a 20, right? Like there is no opting out with me. And so I think that that's why I've become the favorite in the in my years is just because my expectations are so high and I'm very accountable with them. But it didn't kids, define your teaching. No, I could care less. Like I, if I was the favorite <laughs> teacher, we were still writing essays until Friday. If I was the least favorite teacher, we were still writing essays till Friday. I think we'll call this this side of the coin. There are things more important than having just being the favorite teacher in your mind. And yeah. what you're talking about brings me to my next point in. Forging relationships is far more important than thinking about being the favorite teacher. Yes. And it's not about being preferred. Create a place where students feel valued. They feel supported. While you're making, just like Ms. S says, you're underlining, you're chiseling that line in the ground and the students know exactly where it is. They can see it. They can feel it. They hear it. They see it and they'll just, the bond will grow because of, like Miss S said, you know what? I'm just going to end the episode every time you talk. Honestly, yeah. Uh, that Miss S said that they need the structure and they want structure. And sometimes they don't get it, unfortunately, at their homes. Kids, ooh, ooh, this one's good. Ooh, I'm ready. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kids don't learn from people they don't like. I mean, yeah, we've known that. Um, have we? Have oh, we said I it mean, out loud? I did. But no. did we say it out loud? Have other teachers said that out loud? Where it's like, and I, I know that might sound a little hypocritical, hypocritical because of where we are at in the episode of, you know, uh, being the favorite shouldn't be the number one thing on your mind. Being the favorite shouldn't. I will just reiterate, kids probably don't learn the best from teachers they don't like. Correct. And I think that that falls under like this idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like if they don't feel safe in this place, they're not yep. going to want to learn it all. Like their first react, their first thought is I need to feel safe. Like I need to feel like yep. I'm not going to be attacked. Not where is the Ming dynasty located at? Like they don't, <laughs> that's not what's in the forefront of their mind. And so I think, because again, Leaning into that, I was never wanting to be the favorite teacher, but I understood if I came in drill sergeant, like screaming, yelling, none of right. my students, especially teaching younger middle school, like right. they're not going to feel safe. They're going to feel on edge of like, is she going to yell at me? And like, there goes the content. There's a difference between 
having expectations and then just being excessively aggressive. And I say that in a way because one, I lean, like that was me my first year. I felt like I had to come in extremely hard because I was extremely young, because I was extremely small. Like I looked very young and I was trying to overcompensate with, I'll just come in aggressive and no one's going to try me. And in reality, my data that first year was like not where it needed to be because a lot of kids were just scared. They were very much just like, uh, she's going to yell at me and I don't know how to do this, but I don't want to ask a question because she's going to yell at me. Don't be the favorite, be their advocate, be their champion, be their supporter, be Mm -hmm. their hero. (laughs) Sure, some of them (laughs) might need that. And last point, and maybe there are other things important than being the favorite teacher. Talk to students like human beings. Please. (laughs) They will remember you acknowledging their humanity. And by this, I mean, I make it a point to have the think aloud of, it makes me angry when you do this. It frustrates me when this is happening. At the same time, acknowledging, hey, Bobby, you sound, you look angry. You sound frustrated. If you would like to talk about it, great. Right now, the work needs to get done. I know you're upset and or angry. Let's do this work and then we can have a chat. And that acknowledgement of emotion, of their humanity, will go leaps and bounds way more than you wanting to be the favorite teacher. Correct. I think that... Yeah, I'm, I don't have it. Yeah, you know what? Let's have you have a moment. We're oh, done here. D- you know what? Thank, thank you for that moment. Thank you for affirming <laughs> the quality of... You're welcome. <laughs> and finally, ensure your students are valued, heard, and safe in your classroom. Hmm. Is this? That's me. <laughs> the favorite teacher. Sometimes... Such a dance. Such a you, dance. You can be. Inadvertently, apparently. (laughs) And sometimes you're not. And I think either situation is just fine. Own it, lean into it. And I think it's all about understanding students have to learn, students have to feel safe. And if they're doing both of those things in your class, regardless of what they verbalize to you, because again, they are just kids. They are going to, they are, they are teenagers, even if they're little ones, right? Like they're also just kids where they're going to say, you're my favorite. And then tomorrow this playground's my favorite. Like everything's (laughs) their favorite. Right. And so. And that's the reality. Yeah. And it's just even, that's the same thing when they're six and 16. It's, it's very fluid. They are all over the place with who their favorite is and who isn't of the week. Maybe possibly becoming the favorite teacher. You could teach with clear expectations. Always. You should always just do that. But <laughs> Let's just name that. Be, you know what, Ms. S? Hey, be a teacher that teaches. Not, again, always do that. <laughs> and just be positive and genuinely, authentically happy. Mm-hmm. Things to perhaps think about more than being the favorite. Don't think that being the favorite is an indication of your worth and or the quality of your classroom. Correct. Forging relationships with your students is far more important than thinking about being the favorite. And finally, talk to students like human beings. (laughs) Affirming their humanity is so much more powerful than trying to be their friend because Miss S put it very eloquently. I will repeat, 
They, my kids are not my friends. Nope. They are children. I am the teacher, period. That's it. That's all. Miss S, yet again, I'm just going to let you know, I've missed you. I've missed you. (laughs) It's good to be back. And really, it's, it's as if no time has passed. We are kindred spirits again. You need to get out of my head and dreams. Sorry, I love it there. (laughs) (laughs) and yet again here we are miss s our viewers listeners audience Mm -hmm. they could take it snatch it up they could leave it where it is they could absolutely love it or loathe and hate the very existence of this either way (laughs) either either way they were listening and that's what we care about (laughs) we will see you guys next time on see me after class